five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Reset Home Podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with Toronto Divine and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice coming to a day later than normal. Joined virtually as always by Ani and Ani Strave. Welcome, Ani. Are we a day later? Well, I think so. I mean, I, it's I, I hard to tell in these days. True. I mean, everything sort of blends <laughs> together. But I, I did throw out that tweet uh, to let you know you, our our listeners, know we were we we're going to be a little bit late. Plus. I needed to let the social media managers know for both Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant <laughs> so that they could, you know, reschedule all the big breaking news that they would normally release on Wednesday. Yeah, the deluge that's about to occur. So you're going to find all the news is going to you know, be released on Thursday this week. And in fact, if it happens, then we can, we can claim that the RSP effect is a real thing. Yeah, I agree. We can also claim it right now. As far well, as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, we, we make a lot of claims, you know, let's be real, but I, I sometimes like to have, you know, something to, to back those claims up other than just because occasionally, I say so. occasionally, but I think like, uh, the entire idea behind podcasts is to be able to make claims without hearing any, you know, <laughs> response, but, True. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, nice to be here. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've had like, a an up and down week. Things were going well for my sons. We just swept, you know, our, our, the Denver nuggets. And today I wake up with the news that Chris Paul is like our most important player got the COVIDs despite being vaccinated, like in February. So is now oh. in, in the protocol and, uh, yeah, I'll see how it goes. Well, I, I, from, a, a competitive perspective obviously i had some <clears throat> situation but the fact that he got vaccinated is still good because yeah. um, most signs point to the fact that vaccination uh, significantly lessens the impact that's of, true of COVID 19 so so there's still a positive to take it could be worse but man, you got yeah i'll keep i'll keep all the vancouver titans and uh and toronto defiant uh fans posted on that matter uh yeah. <laughs> news will come next week uh and i'm i'm, I'm sure everyone that listens to our show uh, expects nothing less. I think they're tuning in for that alone. Yeah, it's the Ready Set Ball content. We should <laughs> yeah. really have a segment, Ready Set Ball, where I don't know Sam shows up like for five minutes and Ready and, Set Ball, you know. maybe Ready Sons Pawn, maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We can keep that RSP moniker. Sam's Sam's team's the Blazers, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they did this season. How they, uh, they lost to the team we we just swept. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, we're going to talk about uh, some other competitive action this time in the Overwatch League. The June Joust is wrapped up, and what a June Joust it was. Uh, it was, uh, I, first of all, I'd like to point out Omni and, and, and Chris, they, they set you on the path to points uh, when it comes to uh, the, uh, the Pick'em. So we'll get into what right. the Pick'em standings are and uh, any other sort of Overwatch-related news uh, that uh, might have happened since our last episode. I think there's a couple things. So you know what? Uh, let's uh, start pushing this payload. Let's. Moving the payload. Join me. I was contemplating even dropping the payload this episode. And it's not that I don't want to talk about the Vancouver Titans or the Toronto Defiant. It's just that 
these two teams that, that we support and, and we talk about weekly didn't have any overwatch league action to, to discuss. And the defiant have been on a prolonged break because unfortunately for them, they had a buy in the, in the final week of the, the plans, the Vancouver Titans have obviously uh, had a rough go season and uh, there aren't too many signs that uh, that will change anytime soon. Um, but uh, if there is one thing that I have seen, at least from what glimpses we've gotten from it on social media is that both teams are, are really getting in some, some team building and sort of, you know, team you know, chemistry development uh, during this break. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the defiant, uh, there were pictures of them playing uh, spike ball. Yeah. I want to uh, see a video of that. Can they release oh, I, that? <laughs> I, I don't think there's Maybe. been a video, but I could see there could be one. I mean, I, I was trying to figure this out. Like they, they appeared to be playing it in a parking lot. Yeah. Who needs to go to Hawaii anyways? True. I mean, when you can play a spike ball with your buddies, uh, you know, Toronto and, uh, park, well, <laughs> parking. The well, weather, I believe, out east has been has been pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, it could be Hawaiian like temperatures there, minus the jungle. Oh, it's pretty Hawaiian in here right now. Yeah, well, humidity I mean, has been pretty high. It it has been. I mean, <laughs> as as uh, a Vancouverite, I can assure you, humidity is is never our friend. Um, but. Uh, Oh, West here, the Vancouver Titans were doing some, some team building. They were, uh, they were up on grouse mountain. Uh, they did the mm. grouse grind, which for those of you listeners, um, that don't know what that is. Essentially it's a hike up a mountain. Uh, it's called the grouse grind, uh, because it, you know, it burns. Uh, there's a reason why I didn't don't do it. I don't want anyone to see me getting Highline rescued off the grouse grind on the evening news. I'll take the, you know. The gondola? The gondola. That'll be much more well, so uh, preferable. That's the struggle for me is I have a fear of heights and going in gondolas is difficult because you have the, the sway motion mm. and you obviously have a significant distance. Um, right, in, right. In my mind, the entire time, it's like, oh my goodness, we're going to plummet to our doom. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's a difficult thing. I either go up the grind and have issues <laughs> because I'm not in shape or go up the gondola and I have issues because I have a fear of heights. Let's just uh, figure out another nice place we can hike. True. Not, maybe not like, uh, Grouse Mountain. Not Grouse Mountain. Okay. Not, Little Mountain, maybe? Little Mountain? Maybe. Maybe. There, there's yeah. like a hill at Gary Point Park. We can go yeah, hike up the there. Du- hike the dunes. <laughs> hike the dunes. There, there yeah. we go. Um, but, you know, I, we, we sort of make light of the team building. But I think it's really good because it gives the oh, yeah. opportunity for... Uh, for the players to get to know each other a bit better in a social sense, it, it takes their minds off of obviously Overwatch. And, sure, you know I I think it's an extremely good exercise for any organized team to to go through. And uh, also, I mean, I I can't speak for what the Defiant might be up to to get to know Toronto in the local area. We haven't seen too much, but from uh, the Titans' perspective. Um, you know, the players got an opportunity to see the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. Um, Grouse Mountain has a refuge for two grizzly bears mm-hmm. uh, and Linkser. And I'm going to specifically, you know, call it Linksers. You know, he tweeted how it was like, you know, he, I think he said it was like one of the top two or top three, you know, days of his, his life, the experience. Oh, wow. And I feel that that's an opportunity that Overwatch League teams have to leave an impact on these young kids is to, to give them experiences that they might otherwise not get. Um, and if those memories, you know, last forever, there, there's a wind wind to be had. So that's, it's good to see. Yeah. I'm happy for him. Cause I remember him talking how, how excited he was and 
how he was like looking forward to getting to Vancouver and seeing the area. So that's really cool. Uh, yeah, and I think it's also a good sign of things finally changing for the better with this entire pandemic thing, with people starting to go out a little bit more, you know, getting their vaccinations. And then it feels uh, like there's a, a positive trend all around. Uh, so that's good as well. I also saw that there was a video from, from Vancouver Titans about how they're going to rank French fries. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's out. There was it, fried and fire. Uh, oh, they did the, the whole fries. thing? Oh, I'm going to They did the whole thing. Yeah, it it's uh, a series they're calling Ranked. Yeah. Um, if I have one complaint about the video is that the actual screen capture of uh, fire ranking the different sort of French fries on the actual uh, tier maker site was so small. You couldn't really tell where things were ranked. You had to really follow with what uh, Ian and, and fried were, were saying, but uh, gotcha, I, won't, gotcha. I won't knock the content. It's the, it's the fun stuff. I mean, we'll <laughs> talk about some other content in the fray that I think was, uh, you know, groundbreaking. Yeah. Speaking of groundbreaking, um, not specifically related to either the Toronto Defiant or the Vancouver Titans. However, I believe many of our listeners uh, probably are aware or at least mm -hmm. interested in is the fact that uh, Runner and Flowervin have shared that uh, Runaway uh, is no more in the context of uh, competitive Overwatch. Uh, they have essentially withdrawn the team. Uh, from the competitive scene for the time being. And uh, while there's possibility that it may come back, uh, the two are sort of exploring other opportunities, um, potentially other titles, um, which, you know, is, is crazy to think that they had lasted as long as they did. And, you know, despite the, the eye for talent that these two had, um, you know, could not find a way to, to, to make it work. And I think this, you know, speaks more loudly to how the tier two scene is, is structured. If we think of this as a business operation, it's hard to be a successful business in tier two. It's hard. I think it's hard to be a successful business in any overwatch league. Um, you know, you have to be razor sharp with, with margins. You have to run a real tight ship yeah. and then, you know, take that tier down where the support just isn't the same. Um, the opportunities are are nowhere near the same. It's it's a tough a tough go. Yeah, I agree. I mean, them being as successful as the they they were uh, for as long as they were is already like a big big testament to how good they were in that particular field of scouting talent and building a team so quickly and being competitive. It's very sad. Um, maybe there's like an an imminent announcement of Runaway Two. I'm not sure. <laughs> but like for, for uh, in a serious, a more serious tone, like uh, it's not surprising because it's been what ever since like Overwatch started almost so close mm -hmm. to five years now. All good things kind of come to an end eventually uh, without proper support and funding, like you said, and it's hard to keep it afloat so for so so long. And I think uh, you know they're a great part of esports in Overwatch and Overwatch League. It's filled to the brim with lots of talent, and we can talk obviously a lot about the squad that, that we have, we've had uh, for the Titans for their inaugural season. But not only that, like uh, Mag who came in this year, even like mm -hmm. last year, the rookies with Lee Jagon, Gangnam Jin, and Yaki Hisu—they're all like there are legendary. Uh, <laughs> 
of players who came from that organization. And and I think like uh, uh, that organization had its own brand and its own mm-hmm. like thing going. So it's not only the players. It was like Flower Van. It was Runner who who sacrificed so much, who gave so much, and and the fans who supported them through and through. It, it's sad, but like. Uh, it kind of ha- happened to most of the squads that we saw in in tier two. So, yeah, what can I yeah, say? I, I think if if anything, it's the unfortunate reality of the tier two scene. And yeah, I will admit, um, one of the struggles I have is the uh, the affinity that uh, many of these sort of tier two brands are able to establish. Um, you know, Runaway is a good example. When the Vancouver Titans inaugural team, you know came to be people called it runaway the runaway team yeah, yeah. uh people were looking for the vancouver titans to have that hot pink sure. uh, you know sort of color scheme and when the florida mayhem shared their colors yeah uh and with the the hot pink it's like and then, then the hong spark as well it's like oh well i guess the titans can't do like the, every, there was always this comparison and despite not having really anything to to do with it um runaway you know, becoming no more sort of tore off that bandaid and a number of people started blaming the Titans <laughs> for this. If, if anything, the Vancouver Titans may have given runner and flower a financial injection that they would have otherwise not received. Um, they would have received a buyout from, from the team. So I'm not trying to, you know, negate the impact of the reckoning. It, not at all. It's just, <laughs> you know, the brand that they established. Be careful. You, you you don't want to have uh, people in, in pink sweaters and pitchforks outside of your house tonight or tomorrow night. It would be tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, if, if, if that has to happen, so be it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully when overwatch two goes live, um, it will help sort of reinvigorate the, the competitive scene. And then maybe we'll see runaway, make a, a, a return runaway 2.0, as you had uh, aptly described hopefully, it. Yeah. Well, we'll take ourselves a very short break here and uh, and dive into the fray. I know I might be in the minority, um, at least what I can sort of see within the, the podcast scene, I, I you know, should qualify this, but I really like this sort of season format, uh, in so much of the sort of tournaments where the teams uh, are competing in sort of this, uh, you know, four team double knockout, uh, event, um, it, it it's really amping up sort of this, this competitive experience. We're seeing some phenomenal overwatch league action. Right. Uh, and I really wish there was a way to capture this, but in such a manner that doesn't like eliminate as many teams as it does. I mean, if we were to consider, uh, someone who supports the Vancouver Titans right now, there's very little opportunity for them to, <coughs> to find themselves into that sort of final four. Um, and let's say it's impossible, but you know, some of these, these lower tier teams, they don't even get into the playoffs. So I think there is a struggle within that. And maybe there's a solution to be had, but you just want to eat the cake and keep it whole. I, exactly. Right. <laughs> I, 
give me give me a give me yeah. that cake that like regenerates itself. Um, but again, looking at the the matches we had this weekend, um, first and foremost, you and I we told everyone what they needed to do to get themselves uh, pick them points. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, just sort of to to quickly get us into the final, which I felt was the the premier yeah. match of the of the, the cherry on top. You know, we had the Atlanta Rain 3-0, the New York Excelsior. Uh, this was a lot closer than the 3-0 might suggest. We had the Dallas Fuel just give the Shanghai Dragons fits, getting that 3-0 win. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those two winners then followed up with yeah. a 3-1. The beginning was slow. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, and then Dallas and Atlanta played to a 3-1 uh, result. But again, this 3-1 was uh, was considerably closer than than one might uh, uh, think. Mm-hmm. In fact, Atlanta Rain went up 1-0, and then Dallas went and got three. But Dallas was proving that they're almost meta-proof, or that... They're the, the meta. <laughs> they're the meta, exactly. Loser's bracket, Shanghai Dragons, New York Excelsior faced or off. NYXL. And yeah. they got beat. I mean, yeah. this... NYXL, and this is actually a question I was going to ask you. The 3 0 um, loss to the Atlanta Rain was, as I said, closer than the score should suggest. Yeah. But the match against the Shanghai Dragons, it almost it felt to me like that was the San Francisco shock with a chip on their shoulder. Right, right. Like, did New York fit in the Final Four, or is this really now a, you know, two team league with a third competing because of the meta, yeah. or is it truly four? I think yeah, there's a tier like right at the top of Fuel and Shanghai, and and Atlanta kind of snuck in above the rest, but then there's a big drop off, and I think like the APAC region mm-hmm. uh, is kind of weaker right now, and that's why NYXL got at least to see a little bit of Hawaii before <laughs> having to go well, plane back. But that's the thing, New York Excelsior were not in Hawaii. Really, I, I kind of thought that they did go. Uh, to Hawaii, well, they were playing uh, from Korea. Yeah, so the only two teams that get to go to H- Hawaii are oh, the yeah, two you're NA right, teams. You're right. Well, okay, so I should I should qualify that the New York Excelsior, <laughs> the NA team who's in Korea, doesn't get to go to Hawaii, but the two NA teams, Dallas sure. Atlanta, did. Yeah, um, you know the Hawaiian trip is cool, but from what I understand, they don't actually get to experience Hawaii. No, there's no time schedules to tight. Probably. Uh, and I think they've they've set it up in such a way to uh, avoid uh, unnecessary exposure that it's like plain hotel, yeah. uh, well, University of Hawaii Manoa campus. Danny hotel. sure got to experience a little bit of Hawaii. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so when I saw that, I'm like, oh, did the whole crew go? No, just Danny on a beach. <laughs> they, they just sent him out there to get those, uh, you know, between matches uh, at the the lo-fi beach waiting uh, screens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, New York's uh, experience was was one and done. Uh, Shanghai unfortunately slapped them straight out of the June joust, so they could go and figure out how to to figure things uh, for the summer showdown. Lick their wounds, and uh, that meant the Shanghai Dragons had to face it off against the Atlanta Rain. And if you're Atlanta, you just beat you know New York three zero. You lost to Dallas three one, but you're feeling you know probably not too badly mm-hmm. about this. And then you got Shanghai. Yes, like. This match, this this of of all the three O's that we saw, this was probably the most imbalanced, in my opinion. Yeah, Shanghai were like, all right, let's get it over with. We want to have a go at the Dallas Fuel, and who are you guys? All right, goodbye. 
Pretty much, right? Like they truly felt like the San Francisco shock that we're accustomed to that once they mm-hmm. get angry, they go and they take it out on any team that gets in front of them until such time as they can go and rectify the uh, what they feel was uh, the mistake of, of losing to someone else. I mean, we're sort of setting this up uh, to a, a pretty solid final here, but you know, the Shanghai beatdown of Atlanta did set up a rematch of Shanghai and Dallas again. Um, and I, I'm going to, you know, before we get into the, the match itself, this is giving me some slight, uh, you know, overwatch league season two vibes, mm-hmm. which means next stage will be crazy, right? The summer showdown, it's going to be like four teams. We don't understand why they made it to the, the playoff. Uh, I don't know. I kind of still expect to see, this uh, rivalry of, of the Shock and, and Dallas. I don't know why. Yeah. They started to feel uh, like the Titans and, and uh, San Francisco Shock a little bit. So Exactly, right? Maybe, maybe uh, you know, in this particular case, Dallas will, will lose to, I don't know, um, Boston Uprising. Oh, it'll, wow. It'll be, I'm trying to think, compare because Shanghai, Shanghai had had that rough season. Yeah. And then, then they were able to go and start putting things together. And then the meta just to fit them perfectly. And they beat the, the Titans in that stage three. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of like the destroyers of goats right now. Cause a lot of people refer to this current, uh, uh hero pool, which I'm so happy is behind us, uh, now. And they kind of like, figured a way to, I was going to say, is it, I get that, you know, uh, I, I think we're going to see some, some adjustments, but it feels to me yeah. that this, this meta will still continue to show up. It, it might be a little more map specific. Yeah. You'll still see like four divas for sure on the map. Cause echo and, and diva, unless they are, they are taking out are, are just like so broken right now oh, in the competitive, well, the, uh, the countdown cup. I I've already was talking to others in the countdown cup. The, when hero pulls come back, echo and diva are out. In fact, I suspect it'll be oh, okay. echo diva Moira peace be with them. And then I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, no, uh, nerf this, nerf this, nerf this, nerf this all the time. It, it's like, it's crazy. Can you like, imagine? Like in in our level, I'm like, there's one diva bomb, and I'm like, where do we go? And sometimes it gets you too, <laughs> but there's like four, and nobody dies. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, five if you're actually yeah. spe- extra but, special. But the game itself between Shanghai and Dallas that was. It, it lived up to the hype, really. Yeah. I mean, they kicked things off on Lijiang Tower where Dallas was just dominant. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I mean, if we were to go and sort of, you know, recap this entire match by meta, the Dragons could not go toe-to-toe to the fuel with the fuel meta, but the fuel could not go toe-to-toe with the Dragons meta. Yeah, it, it was like a masterclass of adaptability on the fly and resilience. Yeah. Um, I think Dallas did did play well. It's not that they, you know, did not compete or like that Shanghai was uh, better. It's it's been very very close. But you could see their them creeping. You could feel their momentum uh, uh, rising. It kind of reminded me of that match. I think it was against Diffusion where they reverse swept. So there was no. Mm reverse sweep in here but they went from one to three then to four three yeah the dallas fuel yeah i mean li Zhang, it was uh, you know dallas was in in, yeah. in control throughout yeah. um shanghai just 
could not play the the rush comp as well as Dallas. Uh, right. You know, fate was struggling on on the Winston. Um, Fearless was not. I mean, that, that was really what it came down to. Yeah. Fearless um, is on another level, I think, in, in the Winston department. Yeah. Uh, you know, Shanghai then chose Volskaya, which arguably was a very interesting pick considering how dominant Dallas has been mm-hmm. on Volskaya. Um, so dominant that the Shanghai Dragons could not get a tick on Volskaya. Um <laughs> You had, uh, it felt it was, over at this point. Everybody was like, Oh, is this yeah. the entire June joust thing is a failure because all matches were kind of one sided to the, to that point. Well, was it, I think it was Fleda that was on the, on the echo for Shanghai was often yeah. the first pick. So right there, the, the DPS that you require to make that rush comp work is gone. Like you, you just can't sustain the damage. Uh, and, and Dallas was also then able to go and get those late picks. Right. Um, I think it was, was it Lee Jae Gong a number of times, um, died with beat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened multiple times too. Right. Like You're it right. was, you know, there, there would disaster have been disaster after disaster. Yeah. It was just, it was just unreal how dominant Dallas was on, on Volskaya. And I mean, I, I don't mean to go and do a disservice and just race through, but your, your point is very sound when Shanghai just got smacked on Volskaya. Like what else mm. was going to happen? And so they picked Numbani, which again was another interesting pick. Another map that Dallas was uh, dominant on. Yeah. But in the sort of, you know, uh, Danny on the beach break we had between Volskaya and Numbani, the Shanghai Dragons started to go and adapt. And this is when we started to see fate run out with the, uh, the, ball. With the wrecking ball. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that they were as effective with this sort of modified comp as they were like, essentially the, the, the initiation was fate pile driving, pushing a handful up. And it always seemed to be that Dallas had in their rush comp, the ball, the tight little ball. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, ball is in a group of people. And so often Shanghai was able to go and dish out enough damage that that started to sort of turn the tables where they get that first pick uh, at very worst. It was sparkle off and dropping um, for, for Dallas, uh, even worse was when a number of times they, they were losing, uh, uh, Jaxi. So when Shanghai started to show this adaptation, we started to see an opportunity for a fight, but even then Shanghai had to win this one tooth and nail. They got the one checkpoint and only pushed 95, uh, meters. Um, you know, Dallas, unfortunately just couldn't get the the payload that far despite having an opportunity. And I'm wanting to say it was a, I think it was a fate stall uh, that, that really kept uh, this map for, for Shanghai. Right. So, you know, we got a fight here, right? Yeah. It seems like uh, they might be back. Numbani has like this. uh, It happens sometimes with this map where uh, the momentum changes for some reason, I don't know what it is about it, but like it happens, uh, fairly, uh, fairly often. Yeah. So that sets up, uh, Dallas now getting their first opportunity to, to choose a map and, uh, they choose, uh, Rialto. And they li- love that map for good reason. Yeah. So, I mean, Rialto was, um, not maybe as dominant as we had seen Dallas play it previously. Right. However, uh, you know, 
Dallas was able to push the payload with time in the bank and, uh, you know, Shanghai was not. And I think the, the, the payload was the, the really differentiating factor here because it took the strength that fate had had on ball away right. from him. I agree. And Dallas was able to play this rush comp in that sort of tight group. Yeah. Um, I believe we saw another Lee Jagan, uh, you know, uh, beat. <laughs> beat, not in beat. Fact, I, no, well, no, I, I believe he, he tried to beat and got killed before he hit the ground. Um, yeah. your checkpoint too. Like, you know, Rialto was almost the, the map that helped set things up for a Dallas fuel victory. Like yeah. I actually felt after this right. Dallas has it. Yeah. Like Shanghai gets their, uh, win and, and now the Dallas kind of was able to, 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 to go through this and, and recuperate and get a win. I also thought that this is over at this point. Like there's no way Shanghai can win three in a row now. Right. Mm -hmm. No way. Oh no. I mean, that's exactly how I felt. So we then go to Busan, which at this point, if we consider how dominant Dallas was on, on Li Jiang tower, um, you know, the fact that the dragons picked Busan really gave them only a, what I would say is a, a, a one uh, round advantage, uh, by playing the, the wrecking ball. Uh, and yet, you know, the Dallas fuel struggled. I mean, there was an opportunity for the fuel to win Busan. I should maybe walk this back yeah. a bit. Right? It was they, a one, one, right. Uh, going yeah, into the third map. Yeah, Dallas, Dallas, you know, got that first round win. Uh, they fought tooth and nail, but Shanghai got the second map. And on a third one, it could have gone either way. Right. But I kind of feel that once Shanghai got this this map win, mm -hmm. the mental started to break for Dallas. Yeah. I mean, we started to see uh, Jexy make mistakes that DJ Gon had been making. Uh, we saw, you know, the use of of a like Fielder. I should point out was playing his coalescence on cooldown. <laughs> but the thing was, is that instead of using coalescence to initiate fights, Fielder was often having to use them to try to sustain to react, right, right. The, the fight. Right. So the S sweaty the palms. Yeah. So the difficulty that Dallas was facing is they were, they were now almost back against the wall and they could not solve the problem. That was fate. We actually saw fearless start to, you know, he came out with something and then, switch over to ball to try to, to try to negate the fate effect. Mm -hmm. and, and he, you know, he struggled to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And once they, they got that win on that map, it, it felt like, here we go. That it's, 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 it's a game. We yeah. have like a good finals and let's see who comes out on top. There were a lot of adjustments. Uh, was this this map that we saw? Like, I think we saw a hog. We saw legs multiple times. Oh yeah, gosh, we saw legs. So, I was going to bring legs up on on Eichenwald here. Um, we <laughs> yeah, saw yeah, yeah, we've seen, we seen legs. Up. Well, there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of ground to cover when you have to respawn and, and you yeah. know contest the payload. So so Eichenwald. So Dallas picks Eichenwald to try to close this out. And when uh, Shanghai was on attack, uh, Dallas was was going toe to toe, was was holding their own, and arguably had Shanghai held before they got across bridge. Hmm. Um, they're they're in overtime. They're bringing out the the hurry back heroes, uh, and this is when legs shows up. Uh, Fleta brings legs out. You see, you know the silhouette 
running through the tunnels <laughs> up the stairs to try to get the, the vantage point while fate's sort of spinning around. And I think Lee J gone's on the, on the payload. Like they're trying to just keep it in overtime and, uh, Dallas, you know, they do what most teams do. They, they collapse on the payload to try to, to get those picks. Cause once overtime's triggered, the, the respawn timer increases. But no one thinks to go and deal with legs, old man legs standing up there on on the arch, um, you know, essentially, you know, clicking heads. Um, and uh, surprisingly, not only does does Fleta get a number of key picks, builds up his alt, um, but the Shanghai Dragons actually get the point. And because of the point, they got more time on the, the clock. Yeah, Fleta doesn't immediately jump off of legs. He actually goes in because he's you know yeah, he's, he he's keeps got on. His, yeah. He's got his alt, and Dallas was was shook. Um, I mean, Fleta's um, uh, alt didn't amount to too much. No, um, and we saw this is the visible panic to the the echo, but uh, but no, I mean this is this was unbelievable. These these sort of. I don't know what to describe him. Uh, you know, last minute changes just for the sake, like he, he went to legs cause he needed to get to the point. That's right. really all it was. And it just happened to be that. But then you, you gained the all pretty fast. Then, you know, there's yeah. no Ryan shield to, to go through. Yeah. Uh, and well, and on top of that, you've got uh, fearless on ball. Like they're sure. really the only, the only negate that, uh, that Dallas had was diva. But I mean, that's, what a, a, a second and a half. So no, no shield with a, with a Winston that would have been, uh, you know, capable of, of, of sustaining fights. Like it was just, it was the perfect pick at the perfect opportunity. So roll reverse Dallas goes to attack and they're tripping over themselves. Like it almost, like, I think this is where their desire mental, mental, like to, to continue to play to Shanghai, with wrecking ball cost them this map. Yeah. Like it, it, it felt to me that it took fearless completely out of, of most fights playing a hero. He was obviously not too comfortable with and, and, and outmatched on. And, you know, we talk about this over and over and over again. Generally it's about how, you know, the Vancouver Titans or the Toronto Defy might be playing, but there are two things that I'm a firm believer of one, you need to play aggressive and two, you need to play to your strengths. The moment you start playing to your competition, you're essentially suggesting your competition is better than you. Yeah. Now there's nothing wrong with that. It's a mental change and a mental switch that puts doubt square in front of your eyes. Yeah. And they, uh, and they were also starting to be desperate. Like uh, there was a point where sparkle uh, came out with a doom fist. And it had like limited uh, success, and then Fearless mm -hmm. uh, uh, switched mm -hmm. off that monkey again, and it, it, that didn't work. And then Fleta comes out with with the legs with with a wonderful, wonderful uh, tech visor, where he got like two crucial picks off the mm -hmm. payload when they were trying to get to the castle phase. But yeah, yeah. So, what does this mean? Map on the map seven. Map seven. So Dallas at this point chooses Junker Town, which I actually thought was an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. um, if we consider who who they were playing against, um, it felt to me that the this 
this map choice had Dallas believing that they needed to struggle through the, the first point, but that they would then dominate once they got inside. Yeah. And to, you know, the credit of fearless, he was actually able to, to negate the fate effect for the most part. But the difficulty was that that first point was where Shanghai was able to go in both on attack and defense and capitalize on their strengths. So we saw them quite quickly push through the door to get themselves that, uh, that uh, first checkpoint yeah. that built up enough time bank that then they got to the second, whereas Dallas, Dallas struggled to get it inside and once inside, they just did not have, have just, the time. Somehow their the their old usage was was better, not economy wise, but they just got better coordination when 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 um, Lip went for for the blossom. He was always covered by void, and then then Faith followed up with his uh, minds. It, it kind of felt like they're clicking. This is this is their time to shine, and and you know that well. They were down so far behind, and this probably does wonders to them positively for their mental, and and has the exact opposite effect on Dallas. So maybe that's why they were able to execute so much better. Well, and credit to Lee Jayon. Um, he's yeah. dropping beat at this point. He like, wasn't dying <laughs> mid yeah, uh, was, beat anymore. And that was, I think, key. There were some lost fights or fights that ultimately were lost the moment he got picked, where yeah. he had beaten in hand, and. He settled down once we sort of got ourselves into Busan and it was quite frankly, a, a difference. Uh, whenever Dallas had an opportunity out came a beat. Like that's almost, um, how every fight occurred. Right. Um, Dallas tried to, to capitalize out came a beat outside of the miracles that we were seeing in the, uh, Nerf this, nerf this, nerf this, nerf this, nerf this, nerf this. Yeah, it did seem like uh, there might be a chance because Shanghai couldn't even push it all the way. They they were stopped right before point three, <laughs> but then like th- when Dallas tried to push, it felt like well, it didn't feel like that was what happened. Every time they ran out of time, but they did like get the first point and they did uh, proceed well, uh, a little bit. Almost. It second. was always in overtime. Yeah. So yeah, their that backs was the thing were was, against the wall too much. Dallas. I felt either. I mean, again, I, from my perspective, I think Dallas picked Junkertown with the firm belief that once they got inside, they were able to tilt the balance of power back their direction. And what they, failed to to understand was that they were giving Shanghai confidence in conceding outside. Probably. I know it's also that there's no like, uh, uh, um, you know, data that, that uh, supports this, but I kind of have a feeling always that whenever you get to push second, like attack uh, se- uh, second on, on Junker town, it kind of goes poorly. I don't know why it's <laughs> just a gut feeling. I'm probably uh, but, wrong, uh, but Shanghai won. I mean, man, yep. they won three maps in a row to get themselves that four, three victory and, uh, giving themselves the title of June Jost champions. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations, obviously to the dragons, the Dallas field put up a hell of a fight. Yeah. And I feel that when we go into, uh, the summer showdown here, the dragons and fuel are still the two teams to, yeah. to beat. 
Now it's um, a proper rivalry. I think it just yeah. it just does better to to the whole league to have you know each of these two teams win a tournament instead of like Dallas winning twice, right? Or yeah, Shanghai. exactly. And I and I think if if anything, I I do wish or do hope that we see more competitiveness in sort of those earlier matches. Sure. Um, because that was if there was one takeaway from the June joust. Uh, was despite it being a close 3-0 and a close 3-1, uh, we had three matches that were not close. Right. And, At know, all. <laughs> it's, it's okay to see a dominant team, but when you have two teams that are so dominant that they're a tier or a tier and a half above the rest, it's it takes away a little in my, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, but uh, yeah, Summer Showdown uh, kicks off, or at least the uh, the play-ins kick off in, in a couple of weeks' time, so we don't have any Overwatch League action this weekend. So I think it would be good for us to talk about the results of the Overwatch League pick'ems for the June Joust. Um, Omni, congratulations on finning top of the RSP Woo-hoo! leaderboard with 92 points. It's it's bittersweet for me. <laughs> I was so close. Do you remember when we predicted the entire uh, knockout, what oh, yeah. I said? Yeah, yeah. When we predicted the finals, I was like, okay, I did put up uh, 4-3, but then I felt like, no, I don't feel like uh, the Fuel should win this twice in a row. And I wanted to reverse this, but I couldn't because couldn't. it locked it up. And I'm like, oh, okay. And see, I got I got the points because I <laughs> yeah. hadn't actually submitted mine. Well, I didn't. To be I fair, didn't... you needed them um, more badly than I. That's true. I, I needed them, so. Uh, you you beat uh, four sheep by one point. He had ninety one, and uh, myself and Kevin tied for a, a third at eighty eight oh, points. Cool. For some reason, another pick on. Then I guess it's probably because how it's coded. So, it huh. gave me third place, but no, Kevin huh. and I have both had eighty eight points. So how's the uh, totals now? Uh, so yeah, well, I was actually going to say if we look at the totals uh, right now, uh, four sheep is in the lead, uh, one hundred eighty six points. You're three points behind at uh, one eighty three. Kevin Liu one eighty two. Mm-hmm. Myself one seventy six fourth. Oh, just on the outside of the podium, looking in. Yeah, but I mean it's it's close. It's competitive. Yes. And then just after that, you know, Altiorans one hundred seventy four. Um, Koj one seventy four. One seventy two for Danimal. Uh, Ken Clark one sixty seven. So it's it's everything's within reach. Like the RSP leaderboards uh, can go any which way when we get into the uh, the summer showdown. Mm-hmm. One last uh, bit of Overwatch League news to share is uh, prior to the uh, the actual June Joust, uh, the Shanghai Dragons announced that they had signed Develop. And I can't say I know a whole lot about him, um, but I did see Packing Ten uh, make a comment on Twitter that Develop is all that in a bag of tricks. Yeah, it's interesting to me. Like when I went into the Liquipedia, uh, Liquipedia page, he's clearly a hitscan player. So he plays the McCree, Widowmaker, Tracer, Ash. Um, they already have like Fitz and Fleta to play all that, but uh, but I guess if he was signed, I. I I assume he's good. He has a, a fairly extensive track record of playing in, you know, the the contenders uh, Korea season. Mm-hmm. He played in a bunch of teams. Like I think the recent one was Talon. Yeah. Gives me the San Francisco shock vibes here. Yeah. The rich get richer for sure. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like um, who, who needs to, to have, you know, 20 players other than, you know, great teams that uh, can, can field competitive teams straight off their bench. I mean, it's, and I still, they have, I I still think they have, who are you? Right. If I'm not mistaken. um, Oh, I think you're right. Yeah. (laughs) I, I, I I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um, 
some other news. Uh, the Dallas Fuel are going to be hosting live events. Now, this is this is big news because if we consider um, Canada and the United States primarily, live events have really not been a thing until more recently with some of the outdoor sports. Um, more so in the United States, Canada is still um, relatively locked down. Uh, but the Dallas Fuel were teasing and have now announced that they are going to be scheduling some some live events to get their their fans in the in the seats. Um, I don't know the details. We'll obviously share them once we get them. Uh, but it's it's cool to see these opportunities, right? You know, come back. Though I might give a moment of pause to wonder. It, are we in that spot where that can happen yet? Right. So I, and I think that's, that's going to be the big question with a lot of events, um, indoor and outdoor, especially is that, you know, that either back or even front of mind thought, like, are we in a position where we can do this yet? Or do vaccinations need to get to a certain level? Or what is the structure of the event going to be to, yeah. to ensure maybe social distancing's in play and, and what have you. So hey, I'm not going to, I'm going to knock, not knock anything until such time as those details come out. Yeah. I think like in a lot of things, they're looking at bowl sports and, and seeing that that thing uh, happens um, quite successfully, I guess. So why not? I don't know if they'll have any like uh, way to, to check if uh, you know uh, the, 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 the crowd is vaccinated or not, but there surely be masks mandatory. Uh, and and social distancing and uh, distancing to an extent i'm happy for it like hopefully it it is successful and hopefully you know most of the teams are are willing to go back to the homestand uh format because everybody uh was including us i think we were all looking for that and i wish dallas well I, i'm happy that someone is uh is is trying at least and i'm sure they're you know they're gonna abide by all the rules and regulations and and i wish him well yeah and then uh some some news that sort of came out uh, over the last couple of days is that the overwatch league has uh, essentially applied uh, watson ibm's watson in the mm-hmm. uh, artificial intelligence uh to more than just team performance but uh, as well now individual player performance into each hero so player performances were already rated based on sort of damage support or or tank but now we can actually see who are the the top 10 heroes uh, or players in in particular heroes so for instance if you happen to be a fan of the vancouver titans you might be pleased to know that the number five genji in the overwatch league right now is true <laughs> i think all it's all a testament to that crazy 6k you had Oh, oh, sure. Um, the the number six, uh, Hanzo is Hisu mm-hmm. for the Toronto Defiant. Uh, Hisu, though, not to 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 knock it, he is currently the number two junker at. Wow, uh, he's he's actually ahead of uh, Jake Rat. Jake Rat's four. Yeah, they he they have quite a lot of uh, uh people in in these uh, um rankings. I saw that uh, Nice is the third May. Just quite nice, uh, yep. pun intended. Ansun Jay uh, is the eighth mercy, and I think and in Ken the East last row we saw and and Lucio, the, we saw Michelle uh, uh, pop up from uh, you know on, on some heroes. Sato also appearing on the Arista top ten. So it's so it's a cool thing. I'm I'm glad they did it. It's mm-hmm. a very nice system to incorporate. So I'm gonna keep an eye out. We we can uh, definitely look at it 
you know, maybe on a week-to-week basis and see if uh, any other uh, Titans or, or uh, Defiant players sneak in or sneak out the list. Yeah, Sato's there as, as a Reinhardt. Um, I, I found it interesting with Ryan. Super is the number two Reinhardt in, in the Overwatch League, according to uh, IBM Watson. And uh, I don't necessarily believe that's untrue. It's just how interesting <laughs> it is that Super essentially got a stage off because he is the number one Ryan, but he's not really. But I don't think that's even the most uh, interesting stat. No. Are you looking at it right now? Well, I'm clicking through the different heroes. Go and go uh, look at Bastion. Bastion. Hmm. Number one, Milan ran. Okay. So let's be honest. The, the interesting team or the strangest team is the Los Angeles Valiant. So, I mean, <laughs> definitely, um, I, I'm trying to think like, obviously there's, there's Bastion has appeared 10 times mm-hmm. um, because we have 10 players ranked. I don't recall seeing Bastion. Was it maybe the first stage? There were maybe it was the first stage. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like, with the Bastion Sim, I think like, it was. Uh, some uh, uh, parts where they, it was like a desperation uh, uh, pick. Actually, I think there was an interesting note about uh, this entire thing where uh, where uh, each of the lo- like three lowest teams. In ranking, let me see that. Uh, I can pull it up fairly quick. I think uh, the Valiant had four players appearing in these lists. The Spitfire had four people appearing on this list, and only the Titans have just one in Teru. Hmm. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yep. Oh. Well, we'll see if they can uh, add a little bit more in there with Dalton. Uh, you know, he had a, a week out of it, so we'll see. Yeah, um, I mean, and I mean, I, if there's one thing though, I mean, it's it's such a shame is that uh, we were working on something similar with uh, RSP Sherlock, but uh, Overwatch League with IBM Watson got it out first. That's <laughs> true. Our our science is uh, is almost as good as Watson. That's true. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Overwatch is finally getting crossplay. Mm. Um, the crossplay beta is is coming soon. Ultimately, it's going to be um, in in modes that are not competitive. That's the best way to, I think to describe it. Sure. And that sort of makes sense. Though I believe, if I was reading correctly, competitive might have a, a cross play component eventually. Like oh, they 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 are going to have a cross play component, but only between PS and Xbox. So. Controller oh, versus controller okay. are going to get some crossplay. I wonder if, even if in like Q play, uh, quick play, and mystery heroes and stuff like that, will we see like the icon from which system does a particular person hail? I don't know, and I'm actually maybe I, I'm genuinely curious how like you I know, think they had that in, in Warzone or in, in one of the other Call of Duties where you can actually see from which system the person well, yeah, in in Call of Duty it does. Yeah. Um, I play Warzone with a, yeah. a group of. Of people where it's PC and PS4 sure. that are, or PS5 now, I guess, that are playing it. I mean, I, I play comp mostly, but I don't see a single bad thing about this, uh, clearly. Oh, I, no. I will definitely go into some 
quick play mystery heroes and try to click on some console heads if i uh if well, I can, can't. can you imagine what it's going to be like for like a console widow and a console hanzo who's going to have aim assist pulling their their reticle while the mouse and keyboard player is like yeah doing the limbo across the screen on, like, on that note though uh it was uh, specified in the forums that uh, by, uh confirmed by a developer that they're not going to get aim assist at all well they aren't okay well i mean that that i mean not having aim assist is then going to be problematic i mean it, if you've not tried you know the difference between sort of aim assist controller to you know non mouse and keyboard like there are advantages to aim assist don't get me wrong it's that movement is the problem because what aim assist does is it locks onto hit boxes of the character and if the character is moving it automatically pulls so if you're trying to predict movement or let's say you're trying to predict range the actual movement of the hitbox pulls your reticle away from where you might have wanted it to go. Sure. Thus potentially missing your shot. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about some uh, console top 500 player, I'm sure they can roll uh, you and me, but if you, if if you like compare the top 500s across, you know, between console and and PC, it's no contest at all. I bet you there's a number of, you know, top, uh, top, Console players who are doing using a Zoom or something like that to have mouse and keyboard. It wouldn't, it wouldn't oh yeah, surprise me. but I'm sure there are some like crazy uh, uh, oh controllers, cons- yeah. uh, controller aimers too, right? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like the guys but, that play uh, in the Call of Duty League, for example, they 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 have gone, and then I'm sure they're aiming way better than I can with a mouse and keyboard. Yeah, that is a that is a very fair point. Yeah, uh, seeing a CDL is a, a, a console competitive experience, uh, but crossplay is coming. It just pretty cool it is i'll be honest a surprise it's coming now um unless it's proving out the capability for overwatch 2 oh, which then makes I, sense. I think it's a given definitely well and I, that's like that's where it makes sense like this late in the life of of the title mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much it'll reinvigorate yeah. the game um, yeah, I might get a few people that weren't able to play together to play because but. I assume it's a massive engineering over uh, like undertaking oh, and server wise. Sure so why would they do this for this game that barely has gotten any love from them from them? So it's it's basically a given. Yeah, but uh, yeah. we'll obviously share more as uh, more uh, comes out. But uh, yeah, that's that's it for for this show and a little bit longer than I had I thought it would because we we only had the June Joust to really talk about. Um, I think we, we got ourselves a, a solid yeah. show here, Ani. I think so. But uh, as we, we normally do, um, we need to offer up some uh, words of wisdom. Uh, what words of wisdom do you have? Ask not what your cat can do for you. Ask what you can do for your cat. You have to ask what you can do for your cat? I thought you had to know... <laughs> Without any doubt, what yeah, your it's, cat's it's, needs it's, and wants are. It's and a gentle. It's a gentle approach. You, it's funny you mention this. I was listening to a, a podcast called Every Little Thing. Mm. Um, it's it's essentially it's like a people call in with questions about different things, and this woman called in asking, um, "Are cats psychopaths?" And so they actually answered it, and they came to the realization that uh, yes, they they are. Um, a, sure. a a you know it's just by their nature. And not only that, they are conniving. 
uh, that cats became a domesticated pet, not because we as, as humans are like, oh, look at those cute little kitties. No, the cats became domesticated because they realized that they can manipulate people 100%. to providing them food and shelter. I, I completely agree. I, I have two. I can attest to that. Well, I only have one and, uh, you know, she manipulates the heck out of uh, my <laughs> wife and baby. Uh, so words of advice for me. It's getting hot out there. Wear some sunscreen, yo. Mm-hmm. Don't be Chris. Chris, got, Chris got himself. Oh, some sunburns. Oh yeah. My, my, uh, arms from just above the elbow down are, you can ri- ride well on them baked. like leave marks. Yeah. Well, no, the, the burn itself has, has sort of faded away. Um, mm. the color, however, is, is very much present when I don't wear a shirt. Okay. So, uh, did you already go through the peeling phase? Uh, thankfully the burn wasn't that bad. Oh, okay. Um, no, I mean, I've, I've had some bad burns over the years and thankfully not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Those, those ones suck. I, uh, I remember growing up as a kid, um, a friend of mine had a cabin on Savory Island, which is, uh, essentially up the straight up the coast. Uh, it's all, like pretty much off the grid or it was at the time. And I went up there for like four weeks and all, all we did is like every day go to the beach and like be outside in the sun. And I got the worst burn of my life. I wasn't wearing sunscreen. I was stupid. We're out in the water and which magnified it. And my goodness, I'm surprised that I had skin left after the amount had peeled off. Hmm. But best tan I ever had in my life and probably going to pay for it uh, as I get older. So wear sunscreen, be smart. Don't be Chris. Uh, but if you're looking to uh, stay in touch with us, uh, where can you find us? Well, readysetpoem.com, obviously, or in Discord, discord.io slash readysetpoem. Uh, our Minecraft server is up and running. Uh, we went through some technical challenges because uh, 1.17 came out, and uh, that uh, caused a, a few hiccups and speed bumps, but things are up and running again. So if you want to play Minecraft, and I know there are a lot of you out there that do, um, considering the Toronto Defiant have had a, a sort of a Discord uh, Minecraft server from time to time. I know the Titans don't, but there are those that are interested in the Titan site. Uh, RSP Court is welcome to to anyone who is uh, of, of good moral fiber. That's right. Um, but ultimately a supporter of of, uh, of the two teams. So all those details can be found in our Discord as well. So on behalf of Omni at Omni Stripe, myself, Chris at Light Force, you can find RSP on Twitter as well at Ready Set Pwn. By the way, catchphrase. Thank you.